Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. You sound very chipper. You know, I um, it's another beautiful 90-degree day in Denver, and I got a run in early this morning. Thank goodness. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I even sweat. And it, I never sweat in Denver because it's so dang hot, but I, I actually sweat this morning. Um, that's how that's so fine because it is here. That uh, that's so fine because this morning I went for a bike ride and as I peeled off my totally soaking wet sports bra, even though it's pretty <laughs> chilly here, I was reminded of just how how different it is for people to run in different um, amounts of humidity. And uh, because I just remember that my, my favorite Dimity stories is when she and I went running in the Pacific Northwest at this retreat we were at in, up near Seattle. And she's like... <laughs> this church is totally bogus. It's not wicking sweat at all. And it was like, oh, oh my gosh, that never occurred to me. You mean like they actually do dry out as you run? Like that's just not something that happens here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I mean, I just had to switch back to my um, my good, my old faithful degree deodorant. I mean, that I got rid of probably 10 years ago because I wanted to stay away from aluminum, but it just wasn't cutting it this summer. So I had to switch from my you know, all natural. Oh, from your little rub on one. Yeah. 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 That does, that made me smell worse. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm back to the chemical filled deodorant because it is the only thing that was working these days. It's like back okay. to my Midwestern roots. But you don't run, do you wear deodorant when you run? Well, good question. Um, and this is going to be a little bit TMI, but it we're just going there right away. Just, yeah. <laughs> don't, just dive in. It probably depends on if I shower the day before, you know, Ooh. And if I worked out, I mean, I, I work out most days, so it really depends on how stinky I am in the morning. Like if I can smell myself, then I'm going to put deodorant on, even though I know you're, I, re, I totally understand the reasons why you wouldn't, cause you're just going to sweat it off. But if I'm stinky, I'm going to put on a little deodorant. If not, then I probably won't. It just, I got to do the and even when factor. You even running by yourself. So you're saying your own personal odor bothers you enough to put on deodorant. It, it does kind of, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat, but we all, I feel just a little bad about myself these days. My hygiene's gone downhill. I don't even know the last time I got my hair cut, like my eyebrows are out of whack. I mean, we don't want to talk about what's going on in the bikini line. So I got to do something, right? <laughs> Oh my God. Do you, do you I'm not to say this is all unscripted. This is not, we, we sometimes debate what we'll talk about in introductory chit chat. This is not on the menu. I think it's fabulous. It isn't. I just, it's just one of those days, you know, where you're just like, ah, it's all gone. It's all gone downhill. What about you? Do you wear deodorant? You don't wear deodorant before you run, right? You don't it, put it on. It would never cross my mind to put on deodorant when I run. Like just like, and then I know there's people yelling like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> you know what else happened is, and God bless my daughter. I don't think she'll ever listen to this because she's nine, but she has really bad BO, like really bad. And um, so we had to buy all the girls deodorant because we didn't want to single her out. Oh, <laughs> look but how Annie, sweet. Annie's five. She's like, why do I have to wear deodorant? I'm like, well, you guys just all do. Um, and she didn't, she didn't want to wear it. And so and she once told me that I smelled stinky. So I was like, okay, we're all just going to wear deodorant all day, every day, and just try to be a, a good example for her and not single her out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't know um, how much you know about Twitter, but you know, you can um, pin. I've heard of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You can be, you have um, some people, there's some people who use it. I can't remember exactly who it is. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, and um, so you can pin a tweet um, on your profile that in my mind sort of sums up a number of things about you, your attitude, your, you know, maybe what you're going to be talking about. And the one that I pinned is something like, um, my 16 year old daughter, who's now 18, just told me she, oh, it was, it's a quote from her and it's, um, mom, I find the smell of your sweat comforting. Oh, it was, uh, you know, Phoebe, my 16 year old daughter or something like that. <laughs> and every so often somebody will still like it. I'm like, oh, that's so two years ago. But it really, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That is very sweet for, you know, an athlete. That's, that's something that she is endearing about you. I think that's very sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you had a big week this week or you had a big 
celebration. What, what happened? Yes. yes. Um, so uh, my husband, Jack, and I celebrated our 20-year wedding anniversary on July 2nd. Aw, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, um, so I thought I was being all special by... Um, I wrote a card to him and picked some flowers from our yard and put them in a vase and put the card and the the flowers next to his side of the bed before I went on my run Mm -hmm. because he had not yet woken up. So I'm like, oh, you know, he'll turn, he'll see it and hopefully not knock it over. And uh, (laughs) when he turned up, his guys are clumsy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so I really thought I went above and beyond with that one. Um, And (laughs) then, uh, so I, Jack and I just are not present givers to each other. I mean, I really, before last week, cannot remember the last time he gave me a present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people right now are yelling out, wooden spoon, Sarah, wooden spoon. Because <laughs> like one Christmas, Tim and I both got wooden spoons for Christmas. I remember that. Yes, I do. Oh, I mean, husbands or spouses, partners, do not give your significant other any kitchen tool for a present. I mean, it just, just don't do it, please. (laughs) Jack's the king of it. Um, And so (laughs) back when we were dating and stuff. And so, so I, you know, my um, expectations were very low. And so, and I didn't feel like he had been up to any secret shenanigans or anything. And so he walks me out with the kids in the um, late afternoon, early evening, walks me out to our front porch. And as a backstory, our house where we've lived for 20 years, we painted it for the first time since we've lived here Mm -hmm. and um, just really have some house pride now. It's a nice house, but it just really was in need of paint. So, and we have a, it's a craftsman style house. We have a very nice front porch and we've, um, we rearranged the furniture out there. And I had said to him kind of casually, I said, oh, what I really want is a chandelier out here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be kind of, you know, a little quirky, a little, you know, because I realized that's a funny thing to have on your front porch. Oh, I like it. It's very <laughs> chic. <laughs> oh, thank you. And so, so, and I, I had seen, I had stolen the idea from someone. I saw um, someone had a chandelier out on their front porch. Sure. And of so, anyway, so he puts, he, um, I sleep with a sleep mask and he brings down my sleep mask and he puts it on me and he guides me out and the kids are all near me. And he has me specifically sit, um, in one of the chairs so that my back was um, toward one part of the um, uh, porch. And so I take off the sleep mask and he has me look up and there's this very pretty chandelier. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, you heard me when I said that you searched it out. And um, the backstory on that is he was going to go to this reclamation center where, you mm-hmm. know, when, when people revamp stuff, you know, they'll take it. Well, to get in there, you now need to make an appointment because oh, of wow. coronavirus. And sure. it would have been a three week wait to get what? an appointment to go in there. What? Wow. <laughs> so, but I do pe- think people are doing a lot of work on their homes right now. So I kind of oh, understand t- that. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, three weeks? Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Are they letting in a person a day? <laughs> uh, so, so, so anyway, so I, I'm all excited. I think like, oh, I got this chandelier for our anniversary. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. And then he says, turn around. Mm-hmm. And so I turn around and they're hanging um, on the, so it's um, suspended on the edge of the one side of the porch is this beautiful, um, it's a window frame painted white that he has put stained glass pa- panels. So different colors of blue, because blue is my favorite color, Right, um, blue glass into where the panes of, you know, window glass used to be. Oh, wow. Did he do it himself? So, yeah. So he didn't, he didn't make the stained glass, but he went to a place that of course it's Portland. You can go to a place that sells stained glass, you know, panes. Right. So he went and picked them out and then, um, and the frame, it was, it was, um, he had found it. He like garbage picked it from on (laughs) somebody when they were doing a remodel and he'd saved it just, and he'd saved it for years. And so he, yeah, he moved the, um, took out the glass that was in it and talked to our older daughter, Phoebe, to where, where he should arrange, like which blue should go where. And, um, so yeah, and then he did the whole thing. And then he said he has all these cuts on his fingers from working with glass. <laughs> and he was using a blow I'm torch. Sure. No, he was using a blowtorch. <laughs> blowtorch. And he actually accidentally like got the blowtorch on one of the cuts, like one of 
and he said it was like excruciating. Oh my gosh. Oh, it literally was a labor of love for it, you. Look at that. It really was. And so, and, um, oh, he'd recruited, um, each of the twins to help him hang up. Like John, our 14 year old son spent supposedly like two hours helping him hang up the chandelier and his twin sister Daphne helped Jack hold up the window thing while he secured it and everything so the kids were totally in on it and I mean it's just beautiful it's beautiful I adore it I'm gonna do the next um um many happy hours on Instagram live when I think I think I don't know the next time I do it Mm -hmm. this Friday but I think this Friday is dimity so I would be two Fridays from now. Yeah. So I think that would be the 21st if I'm doing my math, right? Something. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm like, Oh, the beautiful backdrop for that. (laughs) I realize I'm talking a lot, but I'm very excited about this thing. And so then it was so funny. We were um, actually all going out to dinner, which is a whole nother story that I won't go into. We ate out the upshot as we ate outside. And um, so, but Jack forgot his glasses. So he runs back in to get them so that it's me and the kids alone in the van. And they go, okay, mom, dad's not here. Now tell us the truth. Do you really like the presents? Oh, oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> like, I love them. I'm so excited about them. And he gets back in the car and they're like, dad, we asked mom. She really likes them. <laughs> that is, I love the buy-in that he got from the kids too. Like they were all so proud to give it to you. They were all part of your special moment also, not just yeah. the two of you going away on a weekend vacation, not that that happens yeah. anymore, but you know, or at a dinner, like it was definitely a family affair. I think that's very, it I think was. that's even more romantic than, you know, Aww. other spoken, gestures. Spoken like, a tr- spoken like a true mother runner to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know. God forbid you know, so, we put ourselves first. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some hotel sex would have been nice, but hey, I'll take, I'll take the dinner out with the family. So. Maybe 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. 20 yeah. years. That's an accomplishment. Well done. And, it is, yeah. And Dimity had her 20 year anniversary last month, and I know they went on a hike. So, yeah, it, um, yeah. And as a result, because Dim got so married so close to my wedding, I went, I was at her wedding, but then she was not at my wedding because I think she had like just gotten back from her honeymoon or something, something, yeah. something. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. So, um, so be on the lookout for that on our social media, the, the blue w- glass window. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jack posted about it on Facebook. Did you see that post? And it was like a tribute. First of all, I mean, you're gorgeous now, but you're gorgeous in your wedding photos and your younger pictures. It's so pretty. And then just the tribute that he put out there to you. It was, it was very sweet. It was, it was very sweet. You gotta, you gotta hang that up somewhere. It was so funny because, uh, so he'll always say, Oh, just see on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I am not on Facebook socially. I, I, I do so much with work on Facebook that I am not on socially. And he'll just, I mean, twice a month he'll, Oh, just see on Facebook. No, Jack, I am no. not on Facebook socially. So then finally, um, when he shows me in the evening and okay, so maybe it was seven by the time I went out there, by the time he took me out there, he's like, this really proves you're not on Facebook socially. Oh, <laughs> yep, he, that's true. Yeah. So, um, yes, but I did. I just actually finally yesterday, um, went and looked at it and I was very touched by that. So very touched, very yeah. touched. My husband yeah. would never do that for me for the yeah. record. So <laughs> oh, stop. be grateful for that. I mean, the Facebook post, he's not on social media, but even if he was, he wouldn't do it. He does other very generous, gener- very nice gestures, but yeah, yeah. it was sweet. Aw, good. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Today's guest approached me asking me to be a guest on, on a podcast that she's launching later this summer. But as we got to talking on the phone, I was like, no, 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 no. Hey, you have to be a guest on our show. So her name is Kate Kneifel, a mother runner. She's a therapist in Carmel, Indiana. In her practice, Kate helps individuals and couples recognize the challenges in their lives and helps them get unstuck and move forward. We're going to talk about running games you can play on your run to boost your enjoyment and freshen up your routine. Plus, um, you know, because she's a therapist, I got to pick her brain about a few mental health topics. After this break, I'll be talking to Kate Solo as Dear Katie has to pop out. Stay with me. All right. That was weird because I was like, well, Katie would be on there, but it's okay. I can just pretend. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kate. I'm so delighted to be talking with you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I really am thrilled to be here. 
Good, good. So, and uh, tell us how many kids you got in their ages. Yeah. So I have two kids. I have a daughter. She is going to be a senior in high school and I have a son who's going to be a freshman. Mm, big years, big years. Yes. Yeah. Big transition. Yeah. Yeah. And what about your running background? Yeah. So I actually started running in high school um, on the track team. Although I don't, I'm not sure if you could call it real. I mean, it was real running, but my main goal, I ran the 800 and my main goal throughout high school was just not to be last. Mm -hmm. Good goal. goal. Yep. I started running a little bit more seriously though in college. Actually, we, my family had moved and I was in a new town and I was transferring um, schools and I didn't really know anyone. And that's really when I started running more seriously. And I've done uh, two marathons, one, uh, the Minneapolis marathon, which I know you guys love and, um, several half marathons. And I'm really into a uh, tr- little bit more trail running these days. Mm. And what's the trail running like there in Indiana? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. There's several different places. There's lots of different parks here, mm. uh, that are tucked away. Um, I actually joined an all women's trail running group out here and I learned of a lot of places that I mean, I've lived here over 20 years that I didn't know about um, oh. prior. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of little places to go that are that are fun. That's my dream, literal dream, as in I see these in, at night when my eyes are closed, of finding new parks and new places to run that are like kind of close to me that I didn't know existed. And so Molly and I did actually, they, uh, the city of Portland did build a new park. Uh, you know, it's not big or anything, but we were so excited. We we're like, oh, our dreams are coming true. <laughs> yes. And I actually, that experience you're talking about, this hidden park, one of them was hidden. It was this valley almost oh. um, behind this neighborhood. So it was, it was almost, uh, like secret garden-ish. Ooh, oh, you're speaking right? my love sort language that, now. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will a bird show me the way? Will a robin right. kind of hop along and, and draw my attention to it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, before we dive into the particulars of running games, um, can you talk about the importance of creativity um, cause that's to me what running games makes me think of. So, so creativity in every aspect of life, whether running, parenting, work, hobbies, cooking, you name it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up because creativity is such an important part of even counseling. Cause mm-hmm. really when you think about creativity, we have a lot of times preconceived notions about things. Mm-hmm. And when you ask kids, like, are they creative mm-hmm. or, you know, kindergartners, everyone's going to think they're creative. <laughs> and then as you get older, you ask, you know, other adults, like, would you consider yourself to be creative? So many adults will say no, hmm. because they have a preconceived notion of what it means to be creative. They think it means, well, I've got to be a painter, right? Or mm-hmm. I need to be able to draw or things like that. And really creativity, it's putting maybe things together that you wouldn't normally think of them going together. It's Mm. playing around. It's seeing what shows up. It's being open. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about running, parenting, um, being creative, being able to try new things and Mm -hmm. to trust your gut to try some of those things, um, it opens things up instead of shutting things down, Mm -hmm. which is really important. I almost will talk about, it's almost like, Um, the more creative we are, it's like having a mansion and you're opening up all these different rooms versus Mm. when we shut down creativity, it's like you're boarding up those rooms and you don't have access to them. Mm. So it's a way to freshen things up and, you know, to be able to keep, keep going instead of shutting down or quitting in different areas. I also think of it as um, accepting that there is perhaps not one right answer. Not, there's only, there's not just one answer to things. And so that if you think, well, okay, maybe there's different ways of approaching this, you know, home decor or, you know, the plants in my garden or whatever, you know, how I'm going to cook this recipe for dinner. And then you're suddenly like, oh, well, I could, I could try adding more of this and and using this color, putting these two things together from two different rooms that now, wow, don't they look great together? So just, you know, being 
accepting of possibly making um, missteps, but, but also perhaps taking really great strides. Right. I mean, and you know, perfect example of that, which you guys talk about all the time is all the different ways to be a runner. Mm. You know, I mean, all the different ways that you can show up and running in all these different ways and still call yourself a runner. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really is. Yeah. Trying those different things and many paths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important in so many aspects of life. Yeah. So, all right. Running games. You're talking Duck, Duck, Goose and Red Rover, aren't you? Right? (laughs) <laughs> I know. That might actually, that might be kind of fun. I don't know what that would look like. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me with running, because I've never been um, a really fast runner. So I've always been more like what I would say, like a qualitative runner versus a quantitative runner. Mm. I have found different ways to continue my relationship with running and running games, making these different games and Mm -hmm. um, putting these random things together to make it a game as I run has really been, you know, um, one way um, to keep the enjoyment of running going for me. Mm. Um, So I have all different ways that I do that. Would you like me to share some of the specifics? I certainly would, given that that's the topic of this episode. Okay. Go for okay. It. All right. So I, you know, I have several, so I don't know, you know, because yeah. I make up all these different ones, but. Oh, so and we're going to make up some as we go along, by the way. Oh, so, yeah. Cause we're going to be creative. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So the first one that I um, like to do, it's called the tree beauty pageant. <laughs> I think we and need what to that? do some music when we say tree beauty pageant. I know, right? Can't you just imagine? <laughs> and so <laughs> what this is, is it's a lot what it sounds like when you're going out on your run or when I go out on my run, what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm going to pretend this is a tree beauty pageant <laughs> and I am going to notice all the different trees and you know, this is going to be best, you know, this is going to be number one runner up, or I'm going to look at different categories as far as like, um, most beautiful foliage or, um, most delicate, sturdy, um, you know, most beautiful in the group. And it can be really fun, you know, being able has what, which leaves have the most, um, intriguing movement to them mm, mm, right like what mm-hmm. and what I tend to do with a lot of these games is I will um oftentimes stop and take pictures but you don't always have to you can just kind of note and keep track in your mind mm-hmm. um it's just kind of what brings you some of that delight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because you're not getting home and reporting to people or writing up a summary of this and turning this into someone that yeah yeah no, that is just, it is just something that I do strictly for that personal delight. And that's part of these games. What is kind of the magic ingredient mm-hmm. is that it brings you delight. So mm-hmm. it makes you, it, it delights you in some way. Other people might be, well, that's stupid. But for <laughs> you, it feels really fun and adds that aspect of, you know, just fun and enjoyment to the run. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, so you using the example of trees, you know, depending on where you live, you can pass a lot of trees on a run and that you, they mm-hmm. all, unless you're paying attention in a particular way, like you're suggesting you do with this game, they can all start to look kind of similar, you know, sure. Yes. There's some deciduous and there's some, you know, conifers and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, so this way it makes you look at them and appraise them because I don't want to say that we judge the trees because they're all beautiful in their own way, just like people yes, are. Yes, and the, the, but so the, I particularly like that you know the ones that leaves move the the most interestingly or the most beautifully are the ones that kind of almost make you feel like you're being tickled by them, that sort of thing. And that that, that I would think you could come up with just countless categories. Yes, I mean, for example, I passed a tree. There is a tree on my way to work. I ride my bike to work. And I pass this tree and it is, it's almost like ombre, the -hmm. shades of green. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I have never seen that before. Mm -hmm. And it looks beautiful, 
But then as I looked at it more closely, I thought, I don't know, does that mean that the tree is sick and all of these other aspects mm-hmm. of trees? Mm-hmm. And, and part of the game is it, it switches your filter. Mm. You know, what, what you're noticing, what you're paying attention to, um, that can be really helpful in other areas. But yeah. 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 I also, I also think because if, if a person runs without music or podcast without, or audiobook, whatever it is, you know, there sometimes you need your, to give your mind something to, um, work on because otherwise it can turn into just like a fret fest or, you know, um, just thinking about what you're going to make for dinner and sort of kind of mundane things. But, but I sort of like giving my brain an assignment like that. And that, that then I kind of task it to be like, okay, trees, we're going to look at trees today, you know? And so, um, I also realized that for some people might be thinking we're awfully woo woo. So maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, all right. So, so lay another game on us. Okay. So another one I like to play, you know, I am a counselor, Uh so I do like to play road sign therapy. (laughs) Now, (laughs) let me tell you how you play road sign therapy. Now, these are just the guidelines I do. So part of the game is I do like to make up Whatever. These are the, the basic rules, right? So roadside therapy, what you're doing is you're one, the filter you're doing is you're looking for different road signs. Okay. So that's what you're looking for. And then as you come across a word, um, a road sign, for example, like wrong way, turn around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wrong way, turn around. When has there been a time in my life where I felt like, oh, <laughs> wrong way, turn around. <laughs> And then being able to think of that or um, even like a stop sign. Huh. Okay. What are some things like that I would like to stop Mm. or um, what are some things maybe that, that just need to stop noticing, just noticing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or another one is like one way, one way signs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Or I'm thinking dead end. Yeah. Uh Yes. Uh Right. Yeah. So when those come up, noticing um, what, what stories come up and with that, with running and using some of that, it can really prompt this self-awareness. It is, it is an opportunity to think about different things you might not have thought about um, that shifts the perspective just enough Mm -hmm. um, to sometimes bring in a new awareness, just as when you're out running, just running in general. So many of us feel like, gosh, it just clears my mind so that new things can come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be another way just to make those different connections. I'm also thinking it's, you know, we did a, a show recently on mindfulness. And so many people talked about journaling and how um, they have specific journals that maybe have prompts. And so this is almost like, um, you know, the, the the city signboard throwing you know putting up prompts for you out on your run you know um right. and i would imagine that you could even use some some street signs you know they're gonna i don't know i can't think of one off the the top of my head but you know that i would think kind of any word you see out there is fair game for for being a prompt for thinking about things in your life that you would like to change or that you want to really reflect on and appreciate or whatever it is Right. And what it does is when you, when you're looking at a prompt and let's say like you look at a street sign and let's say like it's village drive and you're like, Mm -hmm. well, what's the prompt for that? Like, what could I think of or even, you know, come up with that? Uh Like, I wonder, Sarah, does anything come up for you? Like if you thought about village drive? Well, I would, I think, you know, I think of the phrase it takes a village. So then I would start thinking about the people Mm -hmm. in my life and what they do to support me and offer me help and maybe how that shifted as we are kind of limiting our circle. And so maybe it's more about neighbors and what they're doing for me right now versus, I don't know, people that I see when I'm on business trips or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And even as you talk about that, I think, Oh, you know, that, that concept of thinking about, it takes a village and how we're connected and how those connections have shifted a little bit. Um, it can be fun just to, to, you know, open up those different rooms and see what's there. 
-hmm. And our brain really likes that. So that what we just Mm. there did there, like when I said, okay, well, Sarah, what do you think of, you know, what would a prompt be when we have a blank, when our brain hits a blank and we fill it in, Mm. we get a little dopamine hit. Like our brain is like, Ooh, I like that. It's fun. It's um, even if it doesn't register as like fun, your brain is like, Oh yeah, that clicks in. That feels good. Um, yeah. I think of that as giving my brain something to chew on and I, I must have a very hungry mm, brain because it really likes chewing on things. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 And sometimes even when I um, get something for my brain to chew on and I get excited about it, like th- it's so funny to get excited about something to think about like, Oh, I can think about that. And, you know, it, it's not like a, a pot of money just fell in your lap, you know? So. Right. Yeah. But that those new connections, our brain, our brain likes that. And what is um, extra just bonus is the more that you do this, the easier it becomes. And then the more you have kind of that, those boosts of it feeling good and rewarding and just, you know, pleasurable in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I also think as the, the older we get, the fewer times you let your brain go down roads, right? Let me speak for myself. I find sometimes that the older I get, the, that I don't let my brain go down quite as many paths as I might have as a young person. And mm-hmm. that finding a new path for my brain to go down can be very exciting. Like um, it could be something as simple as listening to a new audiobook about a topic that I hadn't really thought about, or, you know, um, I've, uh, we're just redoing our side yard. And so suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to start, you know, researching gardening. I'm excited about um, something to think about like that. Yeah. And what is so cool about that is all of those new paths that you're talking about, it's literally, if you can imagine like neurological pathways in your brain as well. And so when, when you have that, you're talking about kind of feeling like almost we get locked up as adults. Mm-hmm. It's similar with running and that with running, you know, we, we all, we need to make sure we do the foam roller, right? And we mm-hmm. stretch so that we have our physical flexibility mm-hmm. because what they do is they increase your psychological flexibility. Mm. So then when something comes your way, you're able to kind of respond and, you know, dodge and weave and figure out what you're going to do because you have options. Mm-hmm. And doing this in small ways, like I know you said, um, well, this almost feels kind of woo-woo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, like that fun feels woo-woo, mm-hmm. as, but, but doing it in small ways, practicing it in small ways, then enables us to build that psychological muscle to do it in bigger ways when we have to make bigger shifts or they're not quite as painful then. Mm. So I sort of wonder if that's part of the many, the countless ways that why running makes us feel stronger as people. And I don't mean necessarily in a separate way, but, but um, more empowered. Mm-hmm. And so if it's, this is boiling down to being very simplistic, but the mere act of going out and deciding whether to turn left or right and to go a mile this way before that then helps us when we're trying to, to navigate our life path. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that there is a tie between, you know, exercise and mental health as well, that, you know, when we go throughout the day, our body holds on to different things. And as you're exercising, how you're using your body and your mind, Mm -hmm. it helps to filter through those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, it can filter through on its own, or you can use a game Mm -hmm. to you know, create a filter and play around with filters and also start noticing your environment in different ways to help with that too. Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of different options, that is going to feel really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll then um, throw another game our way. You talked, when we talk, spoke on the phone, you talked about the kind of the color game that you play and, um, or the five things, four things, th- three things. Am I making that up? Yes. Yes. No, there's, so there's a couple ones. So those are two different ones. And one is, um, the find the rainbow game. Oh, that's it. Or you, yeah. Or you can just search for a color. So what, what I do with find the rainbow, it it is literally as you're going out, you're looking for how many rainbows you can spot. Now I'm not talking about like the rainbows that come after a rain, you know, storm the sun's out, (laughs) but going through Roy G. Bibb. So red. Okay. Where do I see red? Okay. Now what's orange? Oh, 
there's, you know, an orange door, yellow, there's yellow on that sign, green. And then you go through the whole rainbow and just see how many times that you can do that. Yeah. And, you know, it might be like, oh, I'm stuck on purple. Where yeah. is there something purple? Mm -hmm. Or it might be, oh my gosh, there is so much purple that I didn't even recognize that was around here, that I thought it would be hard to find purple. And there's tons of purple I didn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. Even as you were talking, I was thinking back, as I told you earlier, I went for a bike ride this morning and knowing this conversation was coming up, I was, um, when I saw a red light, um, I was out near the, um, a path that parallels the airport and it was kind of, a cautionary, you know, don't cross this road type thing. I was like, Oh, there's red. And um, I it away. But, but then as you were talking, I thought, Oh, I might have trouble finding purple. But then that made me remember going through this one part of the trail that on either side were all these um, thistles. So, you know, tons of purple flowers. So I could have checked that off and then moved on, you know, and, and restart, so restarted a rainbow. So then kind of once you get through the colors, then you go back and try that's what you mean by see how many rainbows you can find right mm -hmm. yes absolutely yeah yep. yeah it also makes you work your brain because you have to remember the colors in order what each of those letters stand for you have to remember the acronym so man it is just mental gymnastics yes yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, can, can you're gonna you be tell? a genius after doing these games <laughs> i know right <laughs> give me that sat book i got it i got it oh <laughs> <laughs> um, so all right and then the the other game that you, that i alluded to whoa talk to us yeah about that. so so that other one really is it's more just bringing in your senses so you know i mean one it is basically, what do you see? What are you, what do you smell? And what are you, what are you hearing? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and just noticing it might be, what are five things that are catching my attention on the run? Or it could be five or it could be three. You know, one time that I did this, I, I will never forget. There was a little baby in a stroller mm -hmm. and her mom had this adorable hat on her. And she kept taking her hat off and throwing it on the ground. And the mom would put it back on and that baby threw it on the ground, threw it on the ground. She did not want that hat on. And I thought, oh my gosh, that one is making the list. Like that baby, she is awesome. She knows what she wants. Um, I have I have that recently. Uh, the, the other day I was running and somebody was coming toward me with a um, baby jogger, quite high-end baby jogger. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is like, like a baby furry costume like how is that baby looking so and then as it got closer I'm like it's a dog in that stroller oh. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. so that might make your list the baby dog right? yes like. the baby dog and, and the joys of having you know aging eyes is you can make, think that right. their baby's dressed as furries and no it's just a dog yep yes <laughs> <laughs> but being able to really engage your senses, you know, as far as what, what, what is the air feeling like? What, it, what is the smell? You know, do you smell pine trees? Do you smell wood from the fence? Are you going past a stinky pond? You know, <laughs> being able um, to notice that, being able to key into that is really, is a skill that, you know, generalizes to our life too, is just being able to ground ourselves you know, in the present, um, but also really to be able to enjoy as a human being, all of those different senses that come together for, for us and the privilege of being able to experience them out on a run. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that that's how, um, you know, I live here in a, in a city where in the part of the city that has a, it, the streets are laid out in a grid. So there's just countless ways that I can go running, even if I basically cover the same way. I, you know, I can cover, go one block up, one block down, and suddenly it's new. So but I think for maybe for people who um, maybe live in a more rural area, so they don't have as many different routes, or, you know, maybe they're in a subdivision, so there's a finite number of streets or something. I would think that this is a way to add texture and differentiation yes. for one run to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, it's garbage day. So you have different smells than the day before, right. you know, because they don't all, all have to be good smells, as you pointed out by your stinky pond suggestion. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and that there's so many different ways. It might be how many different ways, how many different games could I come up with for these, you know, eight blocks that I run? <laughs> um, that can be really fun too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thinking about when to use these games and how that, um, you know, this isn't something I would think that, that you do every single time you go out or am I mistaken about that? Yeah, no, I don't do them um, every time that I go out. Um, I think they can be good to use, though, just as you were describing, as a way to add some different texture and um, just difference to your running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, <laughs> I often think of, because I've, I really have run for a long a long time, and so I've had, just like you and Dibbity and so many mm-hmm. other guests, I've had highs and lows, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I've had times where I've been running really strong and other times where it's been really difficult or I've had to kind of take a break. And I will oftentimes think of running almost like a relationship. Mm. And this is a way to kind of deepen that relationship. Mm. So if, if if you're in a rut and you feel like, gosh, you know, I'm only focused on time or I'm only focused on doing events and now events are shut down and my or I'm at a point where my time just feel like I've done a lot of things and it's just not improving the way I want to. It's almost like being in a relationship and only focusing on, in my opinion, only focusing on like someone's appearance mm-hmm. or what they mm-hmm. do for a career mm-hmm. versus all the different ways to experience running. Um, so it can be a, a good way to bring it in when you're feeling kind of stuck or even if it's just feeling dull right? Or Mm -hmm, you mm want to still run, but you're just like, ah, I'm kind of over it, or this doesn't feel fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be that thing that gets you out the door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought about, because, you know, I I was on a training plan for my marathon that wasn't since, gosh, I guess early February. And so then that wrapped up on at the end of June. And so I've been, I did a, um, 10 miler as part of our love the run you're with series, but now sort of just, you know, I'm not on, do I jump onto that training plan? Do I kind of go back and repeat a couple of weeks, my training plan? Or, you know, I was thinking about how these running games are perfect for times like these when someone's not on a training plan, because yeah, I, I have the motivation to go out and run, but sometimes it's like I get out my back gate and I'm like, uh-huh, now what? Like, like not only which way do I go, but what am I going to do? Is there going to be any kind of um, grand purpose or is it just about, you know, listening to, to the rest of that audiobook that's due back at the library tomorrow? You know, what is it that's going to keep me going? It seems like these could be the impetus and that little put, put a little pep in my step. Yeah. It, it's something different to work on or to kind of look at and, it, you know, how I always talk about it is just something to experiment with. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you've, you've done the training plans. You kind of know how this, how that goes. I mean, you've done many of those, but this can be something, well, I'm just going to experiment and see like, do I like this? Is this fun? Will this add anything? Um, because it does typically give you that little boost that a training plan can give you, you know, when you're checking mm-hmm. that box, right? Mm-hmm. I did I did this box. I can check it off. These little games give you that checkbox. Like, mm-hmm. oh, found the purple. Check. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> or I had 10 rainbows this time. Last time I only had five. Um, so so you can make it for the people who are like, are you crazy? I'm not leaving my Garmin at home. You know, I got to be all about the splits and the stats and all that sort of thing. I mean, there, there's no law that says you can't make these games a little bit competitive. Yeah. It's with yourself. And- mm-hmm. And you can do games with time as well. Hmm. So like, if you wanted to do a game with time, do it. Like, be creative. Think of your time. So, for example, another game that I do, sometimes you could do with time, is I will do, I call it my group run game. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is I think of like, who are, for me, it's strong women. Who are some strong women that I would like, if I could invite them all in a group run and they wouldn't leave me in the dust, who would that be, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then it might be for 10 minutes, um, I'm going to imagine running that I'm as strong as this person. Mm-hmm. And then the next 10 minutes, I'm going to imagine like, okay, now I'm putting on my like Serena Williams. Okay, 
Like if I'm going to run the next 10 minutes, like Serena Williams, what does that look like? Am I faster? Slower? Does that help or not? Mm -hmm. um, You're dressed exceptionally well when you are, you know, <laughs> that's running right, Serena right? Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's something though to think about. It doesn't mean these don't have to be all thought. You can put in time. I mean, open up all of your, open up all your rooms, right? See what's mm -hmm. there. Use a time one if you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had it, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was in our first book, Run Like a Mother. We had a um, these little lists. There were the point twos in between the chapters. And it was a list of, I don't remember how many women um, that we, you know, kind of great historical figures that we would want to run with. And we did sort of the same thing. And um, I don't know, we're kind of joking about it, but a little bit serious at the same time. And um, I mean, it, it, I, th I think they're, you know, particularly on long runs, you can just have these flights of fancy, you know, and, and suddenly you realize, oh, look, a mile and a half has gone by and I'm not feeling as tired as I was before I started thinking about like, what would it have been like to run with Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> or something? Yes. <laughs> well, I think what is so interesting is, you know, running is, it's a mental, I mean, it's a mental sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's being able to use your mind in different ways um, to improve or to continue. Mm -hmm. um, these games can help with that in whatever way that you want them to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alluded to it, Kate, um, several times about the, the, the joy that these games can bring, the delight, you know, and, and these are kind of small things. And I loved um, when we talked about how you um, recognized that my semi-obsession, so my call a full obsession about finding coins and money while running is very much about this. And so, I mean, obviously looking for change is, is my running game and I play it all the time, <laughs> you know, and it, and it's not, I think, I think a lot of people, um, have trouble the the um, psychological reasoning behind it because it's not like I then go back and spend the money I find you know the penny I found on my bike ride today isn't going to buy me very much but it's that I can tell you exactly where I found it and that it was heads up and or that yesterday on my run I found five pennies all at the same time and four of the five were heads up so good things are coming my way you know and so what I think about when I go to sleep is like okay I need to calm down oh imagine the change you found on the run and I like run through it and imagine seeing that quarter peeking out from under that leaf again and gosh I'm making myself sound like a total looney tune but that, you know, that's I get a lot of joy out of it it. And, you know, I think that's what games, whatever floats your boat, that's what games that you play with yourself can do, right? Yes. And the, the delight in, in small things, mm -hmm. it's contagious too. Mm -hmm. So for example, Sarah, mm -hmm. you know, I was out on a trail here. We, I live in, you know, downtown Carmel and there's all kinds of biking and running trails. And I was out on a trail I do not play the money game. That is one game I don't play. But I was out on the trail, and as I was running, there was all this change. I mean, so much so that I almost thought I was, like, being punked or something because there was, like, corners and all this stuff. And all I could think of is Sarah would be losing her mind right now. Like, I sure would. I like, sure would. I'm almost literally I? salivating as you say this. And, that is not, it is not even, um, my game, uh -huh. but delight and noticing things. It encourages other people to maybe shift their filter as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And what's so fascinating to me is we kind of poo poo finding delight or joy in the small things, even though we know that it's hugely important to our mental health. It's hugely important to just overall well being. But nobody would poo-poo feeling upset or say that lice uh -huh. is not significant, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. Like lice, you're all itching your heads right now. Lice <laughs> is a small thing. And it's, it makes a big impact. But we don't do that same thing with, with the positive. Mm. And when you can there we so often think that we have to kind of blow up our life to change our life or we have to make these huge changes and 
you know, because I'm a counselor and because I work with, with people and with just my experience with my own running career, career, right? <laughs> um, in air quotes, really the small changes make the biggest impacts. Mm. Um, and when we can, when we can recognize that and really lean into it, man, the domino effect that can happen, um, is pretty incredible. All right. So as I, as I mentioned in the introduction to you, you know, I can't let you go without having you put on your therapist hat and we all know that, um, you know, you're not, um, in your professional capacity at this moment, but, but share some of your insight and because on your lovely website, you write about getting unstuck. And so, um, you know, you were just talking about how the small changes can make the biggest impacts. So could you talk about, um, that, about getting unstuck and a few pointers on how we can get unstuck because I see it is related to the topic we're discussing, you know, so that like that if someone's always doing speed work or hill repeats or yeah. just going out and kind of doing the same, you know, um, just chug along pace, you know, maybe it's time to switch things up and be more playful with running. So talk about getting unstuck in, in a couple different aspects of life. Yeah. Please. Well, I think, first of all, I just really want to highlight, we all get stuck. <laughs> so, um, you know, being stuck doesn't necessarily mean like there's something inherently wrong with you. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. okay, this is, ooh, this feels stuck now. Mm -hmm. And typically when we're stuck, it's because there's actually too much stability. Mm -hmm. And somewhere there's kind of some rigidity, <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. maybe we've tried a couple things, but it's like, then we're right back, you know, or... Um, things are very stable. And just like you say, I've been doing hill repeats or I've been doing the same workout all the time. Um, but it's just, it's not bringing me that joy anymore. Okay. There's a little too much stability there that maybe now sometimes, and I just want to clarify this too, because I do trauma work, you know, we can get, we can get stuck because there's, you know, too much stability, um, or we're kind of doing the same thing, but we can also get stuck from traumatic experiences that haven't been able to heal properly. And so that's, you know, that, that's a whole different case. We're talking about running, but there are ways to address both of those. Um, there's healing and movement for both of those, but with, um, you know, more, you know, stuckness that would happen with running or just kind of with mindset, one of the best things that you can do is just do something different. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything like if you normally wear uh, a tank top out on your run, right. Or then um, wear a t-shirt or if you <laughs> normally wear leggings, wear some shorts. If you normally go this route, go a different route. Um, this is a technique even they use, I, I do couples counseling. And so sometimes just to break patterns, they will tell couples to do something different. Even if it means in the midst of an argument, somebody like puts on a hat, like <laughs> put on a hat, like put on a ball cap, but wait, I got to get my ball cap, put on the ball cap and then keep, keep going with the argument and just notice what happens. We need that disruption sometimes to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. But what often happens and what I actually think is a beautiful aspect is we need other people typically to help us with that. Hmm. So the example that I give is like, if I have food stuck in my teeth, <laughs> I, I, I might be able to feel it, but I can't see it, mm -hmm. right? I can't see where that is. <laughs> um, I, I need to use a mirror. And the same is true with our lives and maybe with running too, which is why, you know, so many people I'm sure do, do the running plans. Why I have done your, your different plans, right? Cause it's something different and someone else giving a perspective mm -hmm. on my running, but we need oftentimes a mirror to reflect back to us what we maybe can't see. Mm. And so different running plans can do that. Coaches can do that. Um, which I'm sure so many of the people, I mean, I can attest to personally, having been through your plans, um, you know, counselors can do that with other, you know, um, mindset issues or other things that's going on in your life that you just feel stuck with. Um, I think, I think best running friends can do it. I'm thinking about when, yes. when Molly and I, a few years ago, we were training and I kind of thought my 
quote unquote speediness was behind me and we were doing a couple pickups or whatever. And she was like, Sarah, you really still got it. Like, I think you could go for it. And that was the, what set me to requalify for Boston. Um, and but, yeah. you know, on my own, I would not have kind of been that mirror that Molly could be. Mm-hmm. And what's so beautiful about that. I mean, it, that's you as a running expert <laughs> saying that, right. And then Molly reflecting that to you. Mm-hmm. And it's also true for me as a counselor and for counselors, counselors need counselors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I, I feel like one way that so many people get stuck, whether it's in their running or in anything else with, you know, issues in their life or anything else is they think I'm supposed to know how to do all of this. Mm, I should do this all on my own. And if I don't have it all figured out, then there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I should try to like cover that up or hide that in some way. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say it to me, that's the beautiful part of it is that we need each other. We need each other uh, to, to grow into our, our fullest potential. It can't Vi- happen by ourselves. Village drive. Mm-hmm. Village drive. Yes. Oh, look at that. That's a beautiful connection. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. Slam dunk, Sarah. I know I should end there, but I, I have one, I've got one more question for you. Um, so, um, so I was, when I was poking around your website, um, I was sort of struck by the the notion of perfectionism and um, so many women, particularly, you know, um, women of a certain age who are juggling so many things um, can, can struggle with that. And so I have a strong tendency to go on streaks so that I know that perfectionism can very much rear its head in the running realm. So how could being a bit more playful help with that? Yeah, I think, um, I hate to ask a question from a question, Yes, but I wonder with the streaks for Mm -hmm. you, at least, what is the most enjoyable part about that? About the streak itself? Yeah. Yeah. About doing the streaks. Oh, the, um, feeling of, um, the internal bragging rights of it that I, um, it, it, um, beats back my long held belief that I was a poser in the athletic realm. So being able to stack up, I had a a streak where I, um, exercised for at least half an hour every day for about five and a half years. And it was started right before I went through, uh, my, um, the end of my first marriage, which was very unexpected to me. And so it was being able to hold on to something that I did that today. That was within my grasp. I made it happen. And then also that sense of just, I was not athletic as a kid. So there's a part of me that still thinks I am that person who's not athletic. So every day to prove it to myself, I'm like, well, you know, I've exercised every single day for the past three years. Of, of course I must be an athlete, you know? And um, so kind of um, conning myself into believing that or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Do I am I gonna owe you for this session after? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, the reason I ask is because I think it's really important. You know, sometimes what we want to do, you know, you're, you're asking about per, um, perfectionism, and then um, how can we be more playful with it? Which mm-hmm. I think is a wonderful. It's a wonderful question. I think though, sometimes what we tend to do is we we go from something that can be sort of painful. I mean, perfectionism, which is just something I definitely deal with myself. I have to notice that coming up and um, perfectionism can be like very painful and really tight. Like talk about like, like it can feel really tight and restrictive. It can Mm -hmm. feel very restrictive Mm -hmm. and wanting to be more playful. That's, that's a great um, impulse. However, the piece that I feel like is sometimes missing is what you just talked about. Hmm. So you said, you know, sometimes I, I didn't, I didn't grow up feeling like an athlete. I was trying, I feel like I'm proving myself that I am an athlete and being able to, sometimes we want to just not make space for that. Hmm. You know, sometimes we need to make space for that and be able to say, yeah, okay. 
that is something that has come up for me and it's caused some pain in the past, you know, is that true? Is that still, you know, um, something that's going on? Okay, maybe or maybe not. Um, but be able to kind of make space for it and let that be there, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, kind of, okay, this is what's here. This is what's here. This, there's this kind of showing up and then there's this desire to prove myself. These are both here. And then what do I want to do to maybe make it more playful? Instead of what happens so often is we try to like, we either stuff with difficult emotions, we either, we tend to stuff them, obsess them, or bounce them onto someone else. Mm. And, and if we can, with perfectionism or with other things, if we can kind of say like, okay, yeah, I can sit in the discomfort of this. This is here. We can kind of look at what this is and still move forward with playfulness. It allows that discomfort to be able to process through instead of constantly getting stuffed down. Like mm -hmm. it comes up, I'm going to stuff it down with the streak. It comes up, I'm going to stuff it down with the streak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then being able to check in with yourself. So this is where the kind of checking in using a different filter, what would make it more fun for you? What do you think would be fun even added to the street or streak or like, maybe modifying that a little bit. What, is there anything that comes to mind for you with that situation? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I definitely set up different rules for it. You know, I couldn't do, uh, you know, like uh, plyometrics or, you know, kind of body weight exercises two days in a row inside and while watching the Today Show. Like that was like a rule I had, but so it meant that, you know, I, I, cause to me, that was kind of an easy out. Um, says that I wasn't doing the exercises challenging enough, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't think of, um, no, it was, that was, it was like two decades ago, but I feel myself, I feel now that I'm off a training plan, I feel the tendency to slip back into that of, um, wow. I spoke about this on the, um, I think the episode of answers that's airing on this coming Tuesday or the episode that's airing on Tuesday, um, of that now that I'm not on a training plan, I find it very hard to take a rest day. Whereas when it's on a rest day and it's prescribed, I'm like, well, I'm on a training plan. It says it's supposed to have a rest day. I'm going to take a rest day. And now I'm like, mm. right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like growth and progression though mm. is something that you really like. Mm. And so it might be looking at, are there other ways to put in like growth and pro progression or tracking something that's a little bit different or, um, it could be more of like a menu. It mm -hmm. could be like, Oh, I'm going to, or, you know, something that I set up, I've set up before is like, you could do a running bingo, right? Okay. okay I'm going to go through and do these different things. And there might be a couple easy days on there. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but you're going to go for a bingo <laughs> all of the time. Right. Um, but there's, mm -hmm. there's some different ways to kind of, um, play around with that. But then also just to be with, with that, perfectionism, being able to note it and, you know, say, well, it's, a, you know, have some compassion for yourself too, if it's coming up or it's feeling critical, or if you're noticing some discomfort, um, mm -hmm. to be able to experiment and even play around with, and this is a shift, right? Some of that discomfort, like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm going to experiment with taking three days off this week. <laughs> mm, going crazy, <laughs> what happens. Mm -hmm. I know, but like, Really, if I did a week where I took two full days off or three days off, what would happen if it were more playful? I'm going to do it intentionally and see what happens um, and then take whatever information that I get from that and use it, you know, for the next week. That almost makes me short of breath to have that, uh, that thought, let alone to do it. <laughs> 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 that's okay. That's okay. It's like, it's like, um, leaning into a stretch, right? You're feeling the pull. Ooh, uh -huh. there's the pull. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's psychological. Ooh, there's the pull. Yeah. That's okay. Just noticing it. Noticing those spots is really the first step. Just noticing, okay, this is what comes up. All right. That might just be enough for right now. Oh my goodness. 
I think at the very least, I might have to send you like one of our hats from the Mother Runner store or something, because, you know, this this has been very beneficial (laughs) to me. I hope it has been for the listener. This this has been so great talking with you, Kate. And I I hope I can still be a guest on your show when... When it comes out, so thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah, July seventeenth, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, and remind people of the name of it. Yes. Yeah, so the podcast is called Full of Shift. Yes, and that's S H I F T is what Kate just said. Yes. Yeah. See, it's even a fun name, right? It, yeah. It well, this has been delightful, Kate. Thank you so much, and I'm so glad you reached out to me. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I've just, I've loved it. Good, good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, you heard me allude to the Love the Run You're With series in that interview with Kate. And now on Monday, July 13th, 2020, we are introducing Love the Run You're With 2.0. And oh my gosh, talk about creativity. Oh, it was so much fun. It is a um, virtual race event. Sorry. No, no, no. They are four virtual running events. They are not races. Um, they're weekend events, and uh, we kick it off with a virtual relay in August. Um, there's a straight-up um, run in a quote-unquote race in September. In October, there's stacked events, so get to choose your distances, and if you want, do um on three consecutive days. And then, oh my gosh, the go long in November is amazing. It's an eight hour, 16 hour, or 24 hour challenge. If you were up for it, um, might sit that one out because I like to sleep, but I don't know. It's just going to be amazing. There's all sorts of swag. Um, a great gift. We had um, Buff design us a custom one. It is so gorgeous with our love logo. Oh my gosh, it's just, we're so excited. We've been working so, so hard on all this and we're just thrilled to launch it on Monday. So to find that Love the Run You're With 2.0, head over to trainlikeamother.club. You click on the little stacked hamburger menu on the top left and choose virtual race series. You'll find all the details It'll all make sense once you read it. And that's where you're able to sign up. So again, head to trainlikeamother.club and click on virtual race series. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.